This is the Morning Rush. Mike, uh, good morning to you. Morning. How are you? Good morning, Tony C. I'm splendid. Splendid? I am. You got you got a decent amount of sleep last night, didn't you? Re- I, relatively speaking. I, well, I mean, you know, you're st- <laughs> we're still tinkering with this. And, uh, yeah, I, I was in the sack by 10. And... When was the last time that happened? <laughs> Not that you keep a record. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a but, while. Uh, yeah, we're still seeing how we're going to navigate this. So, yeah, I feel feel pretty good and ready to go out and conquer Conquered, the world. Conquer. <laughs> Mike, definitely uh, the fresher of the two of us this morning. Well, not really. And that's saying something. Not at all. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, the sun goes down on Phoenix. You like that one? That's pretty good. Yeah, in the NBA Finals, we'll see how the Bucks, O's, and Nats did last night. Only one of those three uh, victorious. An Alabama quarterback, and this story blows me away, is already close to making a million bucks on his name, image, and likeness. And he has not even started a game yet. How about that? At the college ranks. The Super Bowl champion Buccaneers uh, visited the White House yesterday. I will try to contain yes. uh, my excitement. All that and more. That, that's why I had a hard time getting to bed. Ah, <laughs> I see. Yes, because there's nothing more exciting than teams visiting the White House. No, there isn't. All that and more uh, coming up in the next two hours of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this Wednesday hump day morning. Which means my week is uh, actually some more you know, close to being half over already because uh, I'm not here Friday. I see. Well, neither are you. I, for that I don't know that I will be as either. That's right. So we're we're both short timing it this week. Wow, we got it lit. <laughs> Several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Uh, Twitter pages at WCMD Morning Rush uh, at Rush Tony C. That's my page at Mike Burke MDT. Mm. That's uh, of course Mike's page. Yes. Rush line. Oh, uh, Facebook. Uh, the Facebook page. At WCMD Cumberland Radio, uh, Rush Line is open. Give us a call. It is highly encouraged. 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Shum on on this Wednesday. 301-759-2628. And, of course, our podcast page. Where is it, Mike? I don't know. You don't know. It's on Podbean. There it is. There. See, I knew you'd come through in the clutch. Uh, the yeah. free Podbean app. Just get that app for free on your phone or tablet and then search WCMD Morning Rush. And every show we've ever done, well, minus one because of technical issues. I see. Uh, up there, go back and listen to whatever you missed. So, Because we understand that sometimes you're not in the listening area, that sometimes you're just out of range, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just not up at this ungodly mm-hmm. hour uh, like we are. Mm-hmm. You can just go back and, uh, you know, maybe on the ride home from work, Nice. Listen to the podcast, and there you go. That'd be a nice ride home. It would be. Nice soothing yeah. <laughs> to our two voices. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you know, Tony, I heard on the radio coming in that today is National Be Someone Day. Do you qualify? I do not. <laughs> I do not qualify. Some. What does that mean? I have no idea. National Be Someone? Does that mean like be someone else? I have no idea. Or, I, there are many times I'd like to be. This is true. You know. I don't know. National be someone day. Yes. You can be somebody, but just for today. I think it's supposed to be like 
a positive kind oh, of okay. thing. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Be someone. You, you, that's right. You can go out and you can be someone. Be someone that makes a difference today that's right. on National Be Someone Day. It's good to know that. Just thought I'd share. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, uh, a lot to get to today, as always. So let us, as always, get this thing started with a rock around the region. I want to rock! And we will start with Major League Baseball and some history uh, during the Orioles-Rays game last night in Tampa. That's the way the broadcast sounded on YouTube, Yes, of all places. Uh, as Melanie Newman, Sarah Langs, Alana Rizzo, Heidi Watney, and Lauren Gardner, Mike, made up the very first all-female broadcast crew in Major League history. They did. Uh, now, you said you saw some of the game, but you could not hear it because of where you were watching it. That is uh, correct. And, uh, you know, you, you, I was curious. Uh, as I told you yesterday, I've heard Melanie Newman's work, and right. she, she's very good. So I, I was unable to hear some of it. But, you know, I, I think it's, you know, quite a quite a day for, uh, you know, uh, women broadcasters and 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 just hopefully it'll be a common thing that we don't even think twice about right, it. And right. uh, you know this this is what what you know hopefully just not the first ever, but the first of many. Right so. there you go, there you go. Uh, as for the game itself, uh, Francisco Mejia homer drove in five as Tampa Bay ruined the return of John Means. Yes, with a nine three win. Means, of course, was on the shelf since June fifth with that shoulder strain. Uh, not good last night. Uh, he allowed five runs on seven hits in five innings, only struck out two. He said he felt physically okay, uh-huh. but just, you know, he just didn't have it. Anyway, when you're on the shelf for, what is it, a month and a half? Been, been, been quite a while. I mean, I think he had maybe one or two starts after his no-hitter. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, 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 that's really the big reason. I mean, while mindful of the historic nature of the broadcast, uh, I just really, technically, I'm a slug. I just wanted to see how means pitch. Right, sure. And it didn't, uh, from where I was standing, it, it didn't look very promising. And as it turns out, it was not. It was not. And you know what? It, it's kind of a, a tough uh, ask to come back mm-hmm. off the injured list and face Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Who they've won nine they, of twelve. They are solid, man. They're just good. Yeah, all around, all around. And uh, let's see here, what I leave off. Uh, oh, Anthony Santander had two hits and drove in a run for the O's. Who had their three game win streak uh, come to an end? Yes, crumbled. So I think that makes the fifth time the Orioles went for a four game win streak, and the fifth time they have failed to <laughs> increase that win streak to four this season. Well, they're not very good, but. <laughs> And uh, actually, understatement of the day. I will be getting a uh, a column posted somewhere, out somewhere there at some point, at some time. Yes. I, ha- I have it written. My second column, 
back here at uh, the Allegheny Radio, and uh, it's about it's basically called the ABCs of watching losing baseball. Mm, something we are both very accustomed to. Yes. Well, you know, we're we're uh, talking two out of three of the teams that we get every day and night here, and uh, in, two, in here in, in two hours from everywhere. And uh, you know, I still believe the Nationals are are, are poised to pounce and make, sure. and make a run in the second half. So, uh, but the Orioles and the Pirates. My point is, uh, the Orioles have are clearly in a stated rebuild. Uh, how long that lasts is anybody's guess. I don't know what the Pirates are. I never do because they never say. No, they never really give you. You know, and then they'll pick up players. You're like, well, where does this fit in with? Big picture. What is the big picture? Right, right, right. But uh, the key is just enjoy the game because there's no point in losing your head over it. Like, <laughs> like when, you're, when your right. team's in, right. when your team's in contention, you don't enjoy the games. You know, you live and die on every pitch. It's a fair point. But when the season's already over in middle of July, there you go. Just enjoy the just game. Just enjoy itself. the game and relax. That's a good. That's a good way to, to yeah. approach it. There's no other way to. Well, yeah, <laughs> this is true. If you if you lose yourself over every loss, boy, that's going to be a yeah, long season. You've got some issues, son. Because we're talking about the Orioles, who have the worst record in the American League, and the Pirates, who have the second worst record in the National League. Yeah. And for whatever reason, we'll get to here in a second, cannot beat the worst team uh, in the in the National League. Uh, speaking of national, uh, the Nationals' Josh Bell, Mike, reached a milestone last night against the Marlins. Josh Bell to left field. Has he homered in back-to-back games? He sure has. From the right side yet again. Josh Bell goes yard, and it's a three-run Nationals lead here in the eighth. The call on Mid-Atlantic Sportsnet, Josh Bell, former Pirate, speaking of, oh, by the way, yes. uh, career home run number 100. For Mr. Bell, a pinch hit shot in the eighth as the Nats beat Miami uh, 6-3. to Trey Turner, two hits, and an RBI for Washington, which is one uh, three straight. Before the game, uh, Nats general manager Mike Rizzo told a group of reporters he does not plan to have Starling Castro back this season. Uh, Castro was placed on administrative leave July 16th by MLB as it investigates a domestic violence accusation. So Rizzo... Not expected to have uh, Castro back this year. And out west in Arizona, the Pirates took a 5-3 lead into the bottom of the seventh against the Diamondbacks. They came out of the seventh down by six. Swinging a fly ball out to center. Reynolds back toward that big wall. Still back, and he can't get it. It hits the base of the wall. That'll plate two more for Arizona. It's a two-run double for Van Meter. Three RBIs in the inning for him. It's 11-5 Diamondbacks. The, the, the call on the Pirates Radio Network, eight runs in the seventh hmm. for Arizona. And they went on to beat the Bucs 11-6. Josh Van Meter, a 182 hitter, had a triple, double, and drove in three in the seventh inning alone. Jeez. Gregory Polanco hit a two-run homer. John Nagowski, the big Nagowski. Yes. His first uh, Major League homer for the Bucs, who have lost three straight after winning. Uh, three straight. And that is, three is a magic number, by the way, because the Orioles had their three-game win streak snapped, the Nats have won uh, three straight, and the Pirates have lost three straight. So there you go. Uh, that's your Rock Around the Region brought to you by uh, the Caporelli Group. Yeah, the Pirates, and uh, for those who don't know, since uh, the Venerable One came back, uh-huh. 
as I am here uh, getting ready in the morning, uh-huh. uh, I text Mike, kind of like give a little rundown mm-hmm. of what we're going to talk about. You do. So when Mike comes in, he can be ready, and uh, you know, as we get the show started, I cannot tell you what I texted Mike about the Pirates no, this you, morning. No. <laughs> but uh, let's just say there was a. a Particular word involved. I just I, you know, to your point. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And somebody asked me last night at our summer league games. Uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Gary. Good old Gary. Gary, yeah. Man. Uh, he said, "Are the Pirates ever going to be good for the rest of our lifetimes?" And I honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they will. Like, are we? Ever, am I ever? Am I ever going to see them back in the World Series before I die? I'm fifty, Mike. Well, slightly, I'm slightly younger than you are. You're pretty old. I am pretty old. I haven't seen him in a World Series since 1979. Uh, happily, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but at least you've – it's been a while for the Orioles as well. Uh, 83. Yeah. 83. I haven't even seen the Pirates win a playoff series since 1979, let alone get to a World Series. I honestly, when you look at the the way this this – I guess we can throw the Orioles in there as well since we're talking about both teams being sorry. Mm-hmm. I truly have zero confidence – that I will ever see the Pirates back in a World Series before I leave this earth. A little too negative, maybe. I mean, what reason do I have to think otherwise? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think the Orioles in your lifetime is going to be back in a World Series? Uh, you would hope. You would hope. I hope. Uh, let's put it this way. Again, at least this time. Now, first of all, uh, the, 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 the Orioles had a good thing going with the Buck Showalter era, and the Pirates did too at uh, that time. Uh, Clint Hurdle there. They had three three right. so, solid years. 13, 14, and 15. Uh, then Dan Duquette came in, and I just thought he did uh, undid everything Andy McPhail had done in Baltimore, particularly with the farm system. And, uh, I mean, Duquette's a boob, and <laughs> I, I think he got them in a lot of trouble. Buck Showalter didn't help matters with uh, Ubaldo Jimenez in Toronto. Right. With, you have Zach Burton in the bullpen. He lost the team. Uh, in 2018, and they they bottomed out, bellied up, and uh, were horrible. And uh, at least, though, the Orioles have put in a, a plan from a guy who has been part of the same plan in Houston, sans the cheating. Right, right. You know, We hope. Well, we, we, at this <laughs> point, we take it. We take it, right. <laughs> let, the, let the chips fall right, where right. they may. But uh, – at least they have a plan. Now, whether that gets them into the World Series ever in, in my lifetime, I, I, I have no idea. No one, None of us do. Uh, but I have, again, in fairness, I concentrate on one team to, 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 to see the, the rest of the big picture, Thomas Boswell advice. And I have no clue what the Pirates do. I mean, they just seem to like, okay, well, we're going to let – Josh Bell go. Right. We're going to trade him. Josh Harrison. And and just then, all right, we're going to bring this guy in. It's like, well, uh, he's not that young. He he's not that high ceiling. Right. What? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I just don't know what they do. And they're and they're not saying. And they they frankly they haven't said in a long no. long time what's no. going on over there. Now more so since Ben Charrington took over as GM last year. Uh-huh. Uh I don't particularly remember them coming outright saying that they're rebuilding, but it's the closest they've ever come to really saying it 
that they're going to strip the whole thing down and build it up from scratch, kind of okay. like what Houston did. Well, they, so they have said that. Yeah, in so many words. Okay. They haven't really come out and said, hey, we're in a rebuild, but you, you really got the sense that that's the direction they're headed in, uh, which means that this trade deadline here coming up in a week is going to be it's going to be a massacre as far as, uh, yeah. you know, it's going to be a mass exodus of anybody good. But they have been stockpiling the uh, the, the minor league system. Uh, you know, just like Houston did. Oh, have they? Well, yeah, see, they, that, yeah, that's that's what Baltimore's doing. Right. Mike Elias. Yeah. Right, right. And so you hope you can develop those players down at you know A ball, double A, triple A, and then have something. Three. It's it's hard when you've seen so much losing. It's hard to look three, four, five years down the road because yeah. you know because you know you want that instant gratification and instant satisfaction sure you that you're just not going to get when you're dealing with rebuilds and and all this other kind of stuff. I, I, but I think for the first time in a long time, the Pirates have just finally said, "All right." They saw what Houston did. They saw what teams like the Orioles are trying to do, and say, "All right, we need to, this is what we need to do." And the Cubs, for that, and, matter. and the Cubs, right, right, the Cubs did, it, did it, and that it resulted in a World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess there's a little bit, a glimmer of hope that if they can, let's face it, I, I was never a fan of Clint Hurdle. Right. I know he I know he was the skipper when they made the, the playoffs three years in a row. Then after they made the playoffs in fifteen, they won ninety eight games, only made the wild card, lost a wild card, right. and then they did nothing. They did nothing to build off that ninety eight win season. They didn't bring anybody in, no free agent signing. They did absolutely nothing. Yes, I understand. And now they're back to where they were. But I thought a hurdle was a problem. I thought uh Ray Sears, the pitching coach, was a problem. Mm. I definitely thought that the GM, whose name slipped my mind right now, uh, before Charrington. Right. That's a shame. Like Neil somebody or another. Oh, okay. I can't remember his last name. I know. He was a problem. And all, I, and I, I point to as the height of their incompetency, at least from the GM uh, chair, is the trade, the Chris Archer trade. Uh, yeah. I mean, let me just say, when that trade was made, first of all, Three of the biggest Pirates fans I know are you, Dwayne McMahon, former Allegheny baseball coach right. and athletic director, right. who's now happily uh, living in Las Vegas, Very and, nice. and, and Mike Matthews. Mm-hmm. None of them like or had any use for Hurdle. And uh, as a guy looking in from the outside, I thought, well, that's unusual, but I'm not going to you know, right. get into an argument. Well, I like to argue with Matthews. <laughs> uh, uh, when that trade was made, I thought I took that as a the Archer trade as a a sign that the Pirates were trying to move forward by getting a pitcher like Archer, and I was kind of as a, a non Pirates obser- uh, fan observer. Right, right. I was encouraged by that. However, th- why they threw was it Meadows, <laughs> Meadows, Glassnow, and their first round pick Shane Baz. Who's killing it right now in the minor leagues? I, I yeah, it, it, they 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 certainly gave up entirely too much, way too much, way too much, and in the year they they weren't even in contention. I mean, they were at that point. I, I think they were six or seven games out of a wild card spot. They made that deal like a year too late. Yeah. So to give up that much during a season where they had really no chance of making the playoffs to get it, and it didn't help that Archer was terrible in Pittsburgh. Now I know a lot. Some people up there in in this city love the move for a reason that you said. Well, at least they're doing something. Archer's a decent pitcher. He wasn't really that great in Tampa, 
but it was a big name. And I think people like the big name, the big name get. But I I think the Pirates made the move just to kind of show the fan base that they made a move for the sake of making a move. Well, and you know what? And they mortgaged half the future for it. And I'm not a Pirates fan, but I liked it when they made the move. But even I, like, when they threw Meadows in there, I'm like, ah, too much. Right, right. And I even cringe, like, when I played the Orioles clip there earlier, and Meadows is one of the guys. I cringe every time. Now, Glass now has injury issues. And Glass now was always just a strange situation because he absolutely dominated AAA. I mean, there was absolutely nothing for him to do at the AAA level anymore. But every time he got called up, he wasn't very good. So they sent him back down, and he dominated AAA, and they bring him back up, and he wasn't very good. But then he goes to Tampa, and he's fantastic, which goes back to – the hurdle Searage thing. I think they ruined more pitchers in Pittsburgh uh-huh. than they helped. Now, Searage was very good with guys like A.J. Burnett, uh, Ooh, yeah. Francisco Liriano, uh, Jay Happ, you know, bringing guys, well, the Happ wasn't really off the scrap heap, but you know, get my point. But as far as developing pitchers, I thought the Searage was terrible mm. and Hurdle was terrible. And you look how well guys like Glasnow, Garrett Cole, Mm-hmm. Oh boy, Charlie Morton. Yeah, look how well they pitched after they left Pittsburgh. Where, where did Archer go? Archer's back in Tampa Bay. They sent him uh, back to Tampa Bay. Uh oh. <laughs> so they they mortgaged half their future for Archer, and they sent him right back to Tampa Bay. I don't even know if he's pitcher. I, he might be hurt, as far yeah. as I know. But oh, uh, good. New Huntington. Huntington. Thank you. I knew it was Neil somebody. Uh, Neil terrible GM is, is what he should be. Uh, okay. You know, although but he did make a, a few decent moves. But I, I think. Regardless of who the GM is in Pittsburgh, you're kind of hamstrung by ownership and how much money you can spend. I would agree with that. You know, because uh, Bob Nutting, he's just – it's just, it's small market. It's, it's, it's small market baseball. Yeah. And we, we've dealt with that uh, for years. And that's why you have to do what they're doing now. Blow it up. Build it up from scratch. Try to retain some of your decent players. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at – you look at all the players that are kind of sprinkled around Major League Baseball that used to be a former Pirate. Uh-huh. Yeah. My goodness. If, they, if that was still one collective team, it'd be a pretty daggone good baseball team. Yeah, that's not the first time we've, we've uh, had the opportunity to say that either in this history, the, right. rec- the recent vintage of right. the Pirates. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what they're doing. I, mean, I have an idea what they're doing. I hope it works out. I would like to see another winner before – uh, I'm six feet, <laughs> six feet under, and pushing up daisies. Right. But I, and, and last night, here's a perfect example uh, of this team and how frustrating it is. And I talked about this on Monday. I was watching the game Sunday against the Mets, and Pirates had bases loaded, nobody out. Uh-huh. Okay, seven, eight, and nine hitters got on base, bases juiced, nobody out, and a one, two, three hitters, three straight strikeouts. Yeah. Couldn't even put the ball in play. And that was the game they blew a 6-0 lead, and they lost that game 7-6. Last night at Arizona, eight and nine hitters get on. They got first and third, nobody out. What happens, Mike? One, two, and three come up. What happens, Mike? Not good. They all strike out again. (laughs) (laughs) They all strike out. I'm looking at my son who's watching the game with me. I'm like, I, I, I did not just see that happen for almost the second time in three days. They can't put the ball in play. Well, that well again that that, that goes and back and this goes to, back to what you said earlier this week. This hitting approach, right, right, and that's and honestly they're swinging up yep. and 
You know, they call it launch angle. No, it's called an uppercut. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, their, their, their thinking and philosophy is it's, it's a strikeout's just one out. Yeah. There's no double play. Yeah, but you have no chance if you don't put the ball right. in play. Fly ball, a sack fly, anything, ground ball. You know, give up the double play yeah. to, to score a run. Oh, Something, I, I, anything. I, I feel your pain. I couldn't believe I was watching it happen again for the second time in three days. Now, look, it wasn't bases loaded last night. But still, it's first and third, nobody out. Even the pitcher, the pitcher just bunted. He had a bunt single to make <laughs> And then Adam. He put the ball in play. He put the ball in play. <laughs> All he was trying to do was sacrifice a runner to third. He ends up getting on first base. Then you come up and Frazier and Reynolds, your two All-Stars this year, can't even put the ball in play. That is that's the Pirates in a nutshell this season. Yeah, well, that's not good. Right there, right there. Anyway, all right. That's I like, I like your shirt, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's my uh, my Frankfurt basketball. Yes, I have several uh, Frankfurt basketball T-shirts. I always like Frankfurt's color schemes. Yes, the uh, Columbia blue. Yes, got to make sure it's Columbia. If you call it sky blue, people get ma- upset. I understand. They get mad. It's not sky blue, or it's not baby blue. Right. It's got to be Columbia blue. I understand completely. With the navy and the little hint of gray in there. Uh, very nice. I need more shirts. I need more very, shirts. Very smart shirt. I like it. I like it. All mine are worn out, though. They're all starting to get, uh, my wife always gets on me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I wear shirts way too much. Yeah, you should change occasionally. <laughs> I will never change, Mike. Because <laughs> today hey, is National nat- Beast. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> today is National so Beast on one day. It, it all comes back. Oh, it, it all came back full circle just in time. To go to break. All right. Uh, we got news and weather coming up when we come back. <laughs> Game six, NBA Finals last night. All right. Could the Bucks put away the Suns and win their first title in half a century? We'll tell you next. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. We've been talking about uh, hitters' approaches in Uh, Major League Baseball and how much they stink these days and how it's being taught uh, very early on. And you mentioned, because yesterday we were talking about watching batting practice. we're into batting practice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Please uh, let the listeners know what you told me about uh, Eddie Murray, which I I thought was actually uh, pretty fascinating, which I did not know. Well, again, we used to go to batting practice. Right. And we liked it, and we liked baseball. Sure. We, we had no social value whatsoever, so we <laughs> went to batting practice, and uh, we were fine with it. But Eddie, we used to love to watch Eddie Murray take batting practice because he'd hit his usual you know, nine pitches, spray the ball across the field. Of course, Eddie Murray had 500 home runs, right. 3,000 hits. Right. Could do it all, switch hitter. And then – they threw him about six or seven pitches in which he would just foul them off. That was it. Yep. Just he, practice he, fouling he off pitches. Practice fouling off pitches to stay alive with two strikes. And he did it from both sides of the plate. Now, to me, that's fascinating. Like, how many players you think today actually do that? I would guess none. Well, possibly. I, I would guess there's not a single a player taking BP that practices fouling pitches off. And the reason we got in that conversation is that we were talking about what the Pirates did on Sunday, bases loaded, nobody out, and they struck out three straight times. And what really upset me was the first uh-huh. two batters struck out looking. Right. Didn't even put a bat on the ball with two strikes. 
which that just you know that infuriated infuriated me even more. Yeah, well, you're you're not doing well here. Uh, no, because you're getting more upset about it. Well, you know, I, I probably and, shouldn't. And, and last night when I woke up for one of my old man sleep breaks, understood break from street understood. Sleep, yes, yes. I I I like unfortunately I before I do anything, let's see what's on Twitter, and I and I caught your rant. Oh, you said. And, and I, I thought, wow, I got I got to bed before Tony C did. Uh, yeah, I was posting about the uh, what we talked about last segment about the strikeouts with uh, with nobody out and runners on base. And the, Be- more, the more you talk, you, you see you're getting upset again. Ah, it? uh, I wouldn't say upset. It's just, it's frustration. Is yes, what it, it is. It is very frustrating. It's very frustrating to to see uh, quote unquote professional hitters mm-hmm. who simply just can't hit. And do something as simple as, and again, it's something you're taught in, in like when you're seven years old. If you have two strikes, if the pitch is close, do what, do what you can to stay alive. Foul yeah. it off. Do something. Just don't stand there with the bat on your and, shoulder. You know, make the pitcher throw more pitches. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, and then you brought up Eddie Murray about he used to practice foul. And I thought that was incredible to practice fouling off pitches. Yeah, he, was, he was an incredible player. Now, uh, conversely, we also spoke in the break of uh, Don Mattingly, who (laughs) at at, at the time, you know, the two best first basemen in baseball were were Don Mattingly and Eddie Murray. And, of course, Mattingly's career was derailed by uh, back injuries. But uh, about a month ago, in the midst of the uh, no-hitter epidemic, when there was, you know, (laughs) three a week, he said, you know, you're happy for your, your your guy if he when he pitches a no no and and it's wonderful it's quite an accomplishment no matter what but at the same time you know these games have become unwatchable now this is the manager of the Miami Marlins right. who it, it was on his way being uh, the one of the best players of his time right and he's saying the games have become right. unwatchable and he said it will take at least 15 years to undo this because this is the way the, the hitting approach right. has been taught, you know, in, in the travel teams, uh, which are a, a pox, uh, uh, the the camps that you go to, uh, and, of course, the agents have their guys taught to do this way because they maximize their earning power right, right, by right. hitting the long ball, okay? And, uh, you know, Don Mattingly was pretty impassioned about it, and I, th- I was rather impressed by uh, that display because, you, you know, Mattingly's not that kind of uh, person normally right. to, 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 to speak out like the way he did about this. And, but, yeah, and then conversely, they get the sticky stuff off the balls, <laughs> and now we've got bad games at the other extreme. So, yeah, we were talking about the high, uh, the high run production from the night before. Yeah. I and, think there are four or five teams in double figures and runs. Well, just the game you're, you were watching. Uh, you know, an eight-run inning, right? Yeah, the Diamondbacks scored eight and seventh last night. But and and that's and it's just how the ebb and flow of the game goes. And we're also talking during the break, uh, going into the fourth inning last night. Pirates D-backs uh, out of the eighteen outs that were recorded, thirteen were strikeouts. Yeah. Thirteen yeah. of the first eighteen outs were strikeouts combined from both teams. And you talk about unwatchable. A- at least let me see somebody make a play. Yeah, and, well, and, and and you spoke of the errorless streak. Yeah, uh, Pirates shortstop Kevin Newman at one point this season, I can't remember what the number was, but he had an errorless streak, a number of games played without an error. And I thought, okay, that's great, but how many chances is he actually getting per game? Because either you're going to strike out or you're going to fly out or you're going to hit a home run or walk, more or less. 
you know, we don't see nearly as many ground ball outs as we did back in the yeah, day true. when guys were actually, you know, trying to hit hit the ball to get a, a you know a, a slap single or whatever. Hit the hit hit behind the runner. Or... Right, right. We just don't see it very often. Nothing. Yeah. Not, again, not taking away anything from Kevin Newman. No, I just understand. think it's a different. You know, understand. What do you have? What do you have? That same errorless streak twenty years ago. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, but you're right. But here, I wonder. I gotta check this out. Has there been a no hitter since they got rid of the sticky stuff? I do not believe there has been. Interesting. Well, Interesting. I mean, they knew what they were doing there. Right. And they they know what the problem is. And in fairness to that twit Manford <laughs> and his, his goons, you know, in charge, this was not their doing. Right. Uh, as far as, you know, the, the, the launch angle and, and the hitting approach. That was not their doing. And uh, so uh, – the game but itself, this, but the, the sticky the actual, stuff kind of was though. They knew it was going on. Well, they that's been going on since you know, right? You know, from the beginning of time, and you know, Don Sutton's in the Hall of Fame. Well, guess what? Right. You know, the the Negroes. Right. Guess right. Right. What? So, but you know that that I don't want to say it's okay, but it's just been done, and everybody's was it, wink, wink is never good, but that's certainly what it was in that case. So. Uh, yeah, they, they, they legislated that, but they, they cannot legislate hitting approach any more than they can legislate a shift. Right. Or they can. They can try. legislate the but shift. They're going to try. But I, I just point. don't think that that is a very smart thing to right. do. And you say it'll take 15 years to get rid of it because no, Don that, Mattingly did. Or, or I'm sorry. Well, Don, he, yeah, Don he, said he, that. He has even more weight, <laughs> more cachet than I do. And that's, and that's just because this, this current generation of players has got to get out. That's going to take that. That's that 10, 15 year cycle. And, but then again, the younger players now are still being taught that. Well, that's the thing. So it could take longer than 10, 15. Yeah, Who he, knows? That's true. Is Matt Lee in the Hall of Fame? Uh, he is not. And he, he shouldn't be. He should not be. No. Okay. I, I didn't know his career numbers. Well, his I career just, was just too short. I, I mean, okay. he, he would have been sure fire Hall of Fame. If things no had continued on that trajectory. Okay. But he, he, he just, the, the, the back gave out. And it, it's unfortunate. Not right. that I wept for the Yankees ever. <laughs> no. I find that hard to believe. True. The Yankees were pretty bad, too, when he was there. I find that hard to believe. No, they were. Yeah. Right. In, in the 90s? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Or the 80s. I was going to say, not in the 90s. All right, uh, when we come back, I promise, now we'll get to the NBA after this break. Maybe. Maybe I shouldn't promise. We'll see what happens. Stick around. It's a mystery. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. The Bucks at home trying to seal the deal and win their first NBA championship in a half of a century. Uh, Milwaukee built up a 13-point lead in the first quarter, but the Suns came flying back in the second quarter. Chris Paul, front court, 25 seconds to go. Stops, 14-footer, splashes it home, and the Suns have gone up seven. The call on ESPN Radio, Suns outscored the Bucks 31-13 in the second quarter and led 47-42 at the break. Bucks would come back to take the lead in uh, the third quarter behind a uh, very strong uh, Drew Holiday. The game was tied at 77 after three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, 
It was Greek freak time. 92-88, Suns back within four, 6.24 to go. Here's Holiday, jump pass, left corner, Connaughton. He'll work it up top to Middleton. Pass inside, Giannis turns and flushes! 45 for the Greek freak! Giannis goes hard, lays it up and in over Aiden. 47 for Giannis, and the lead grows to eight with three and a half minutes to go in game six. Middleton up high against Booker. He'll send it left side Holiday as the shot clock dips under 10. Bridges guarding. Holiday going to his left. Out to the wing with five. Crowder's got him. Inside to Giannis. Turns 10-footer. Goes down. 49 for Giannis. 13 points for Giannis in the final quarter. All in all, a 50-point effort that helped Milwaukee end a 50-year title drought. Paul gets it into Booker, who wheels for three, missed it, contested rebound. P.J. Tucker's got it. He'll run out the clock. 50 years in the waiting. Giannis Adetokounmpo scores 50 in an MVP performance, delivering the 2021 NBA championship to the Milwaukee Bucks. 105-98, the final. Bucks win the title and end the fifth longest title drought in the NBA. For the Suns, uh, they're still looking for their first championship. It's 53 years and counting for them. Giannis, 50 points, 14 rebounds, five block shots, six player to have three games of at least 40 points in the same NBA Finals. His 50 points tied for the most in an NBA Finals clinching game. Mike, this is what he did for the series. Listen to this. Okay. He averaged 35.2 points, 13.2 rebounds, and five assists per game in the finals. Also shot nearly 62% from the floor. Yeah, pretty remarkable. Yeah, uh, no question uh, to why he was the Bill Russell, which, by the way, I love. I learned today that the MVP trophy is named the Bill Russell MVP. I had no idea. Uh, And very fitting fitting, uh, as well. Uh, no question to why he was the Bill Russell uh, Finals MVP. After the game, uh, Giannis spoke with uh, ESPN's Malika Andrews. When you re-signed here, you said that you wanted to be a part of building a championship culture in Milwaukee for years to come. What does it mean to you to make good on that commitment in the city that drafted you? It means a lot. It means a lot. I want to thank Milwaukee for believing in me. You know, thank my teammates, man. They, they played hard every, every freaking game. You know, I, I trusted this team. I wanted to do it here in the city. I wanted to do it with these guys. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that we were able to uh, get it done. It is a rarity, Giannis, to be able to play eight years with a teammate, let alone win a championship together in those eight years. How would you describe what Chris Middleton means to you? Chris, we did it, huh? This guy, this guy doesn't really know how much he pushed me. He pushed me every day to be great. He pushes me every every day to be great, man. And I'm happy that I, I can uh, step on the floor with this guy and play every single minute with these guys and the rest of the guys. But Chris, especially, we've been together for eight years. And uh, I'm happy that I was able to do it with him. I'm happy that I was able to do it with this team from Milwaukee. And how Coach Bud say, we got to do it again. So the Bucks are the fifth team mm-hmm. uh, to rally and win the NBA Finals after falling behind 0-2 in the series. First one to win four straight after going down 0-2 since Miami did it against Dallas in 2006. Uh, On the other side, Chris Paul had 26 points for Phoenix. Uh, He said after the game he is not considering retiring uh, after his uh, 16th season came to an end. 
Devin Booker, uh, he had better nights. 8 of 22 from the floor. 0 for 7 from a three-point range. Only 19 points. Not a good night for him. Uh, and the Suns in, in general, really. As I was wrong yesterday. I thought the Suns would, mm-hmm. you know, backs against the wall, season on the brink. Sure. And look, as I said, the game was tied at 77 after three quarters. I mean, the game was right there for either team. Uh-huh. But then Giannis took over 13 points in the fourth quarter, doing what an MVP. And then for him, look, five-time All-Star, two-time regular season MVP. The only thing missing was the championship. And now he has it. Well, uh, for, I'm glad that Chris Paul is going to continue to play, first of all. Uh, I hope he uh, stops doing those stupid insurance commercials <laughs> because the, the, they are maddening. Uh, but uh, Giannis' performance yesterday was last night. I mean, it just the first thing I thought of was when Magic Johnson, mm. game six of the 1980s series, uh, Kareem was out with a sprained That's right. ankle. That's right. And they were playing the 76ers. And, hey, that might have been one of those uh, 2-0 lose the next four. I'm not 100% okay. sure. I think there was a – the Sixers did that against the Blazers in 77. But, uh, yeah, Magic moved the center. He was the point guard. Now, granted, he was a 6'9 point guard. Right, right, But right. he was a rookie. That's and right. so he right. they moved him to center. To, to Kareem didn't even make the trip to, to Philly. And uh, right. uh, they were saving him for Thursday game seven. And Magic played the center. And uh, he scored 42 points, had 15 rebounds and seven assists. How about that? And uh, that was just one of the most remarkable things sure. I ever saw. And he was uh, uh, he was a rookie that year. So yeah, the Bucks great. It's great for Milwaukee, a, a town like Milwaukee, which is a really cool place. Great food and uh, great beer as well. But uh, you know, I can remember the, the the last championship the Bucks played or won in '71. I was in the sixth grade, and they beat the Baltimore Bullets. They, uh, that's right. That's right. I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah. I was going to say I think I was uh, I was three months old whenever yeah. they, they won their yeah, last I was in the sixth grade. NBA title. So yeah, fifty years. 50, that's a long wait uh, for anybody for any kind of title. Yeah, so they, it, but they get it done. That, that, that's one of those titles. I mean, I'd be fine with Phoenix winning it too. Oh, yeah, but, they, they've never won one. They're right. still 53 years in county, right? Although that was really a horrible baseball trip, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a good plan to go to Phoenix in the dead of June. Uh, yes, that's, yeah, I could have been planned but out a little bit Great better. for Milwaukee. Sure. I mean, I think everybody just feels pretty good about that. Right, right. I agree. And this is a team that won 15 games eight years ago. And now they're NBA champions. Congratulations to the Bucs and Giannis for the MVP. Pretty cool. All right, hour number one done. Hour number two around the corner doing push-ups. Stick around, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Tony C. in the big chair, the venerable one, Mike Burke. Yes, very venerable. Very venerable. Back in the saddle, live from the palatial... It is play. It is actually the biggest studio in this building. I it will is. say. I will say that. And by God, we we manned it. We. <laughs> That's why we're in the big chairs. Well, you're in the big. Chair. I'm in the big chair. I'm in. The, you can have a big chair too if you I'm want. In the medium. I'm medium. in the just right chair. Just... <laughs> ah, where are we? Oh, that's right. High atop Industrial Boulevard, where people speed way too much. Yes, I can vouch for that. Yes. Uh, on the south side of the Queen City, baby. Glad to have you on board. That, that happened to me yesterday. 
The speeding? I, I, yeah, I left it here, uh, the parking lot. Right. And I got in the left lane to take a left onto South Street. I'm doing uh, 30. It Which is, is a limit, right? I, I think it is. Yeah. And I got somebody right on my arse. Yeah, t- tough. Yeah. Sorry, sorry you're late to wherever you're going or whatever. But uh, we were talking yesterday about um, the shooting incident at uh, Nationals Park yeah. Saturday. And you made a good point about uh, careful with the road rage. Yeah, yeah. I, because well, that, that, because that, you never know. That crossed my mind. So. You never know. But my goodness, sometimes you can't help yourself. There are just so many horrible drivers on the road these days. Maybe it's just me and getting older. It seems like there's more and more just terrible drivers. People who can't. I don't expect you to follow the speed limit to a T, but my goodness. Well, you know what, though? I'm, I, 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 I agree with you, but I, when the speed limit's 25 or 30, I don't think that's that difficult, uh, particularly like if I'm coming the other way here on the boulevard. Right. You know, sometimes police sit there, and they should because, right. you know, the way they, they come off of uh, 51. Right, 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 right. You know, hey, if I, if I need to make my quota, that's where I'm sitting. So <laughs> they, they're they not going to quota me. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to wait, old sport, because uh, I'm doing a speed limit. So many uh, people who fail to use their turn signals, that's, that's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I'm traveling on 28 the other day, uh, heading towards Cumberland. And this car just comes ripping up behind me and out of nowhere and just gets right in my bumper and just proceeds to ride my bumper a pretty decent way. I finally had to brake check him, which isn't the smartest. Don't do that, by the way. I don't I don't uh, recommend brake checking yeah. people. It's not very safe, but I can only take so much. I understand. And it looked like it was a car full of teenagers, so yeah. it is what it is. But I think Dark once kids <laughs> whippers, uh, whippersnappers. But I had to brake check them to get them off of me because they were just way too close for way too long of a period of time. And I just don't want a situation where if I have to slam on my brakes, or my, my brakes, that my trunk is eating the front of their car. I don't want that to happen. All right, oh, no. you know. So you give me a little brake check, get them off a little bit. Hopefully they get the message, mm-hmm. and you move on. But uh, it's hard to avoid the road rage when there are just so many, uh, I don't know, just, just poor drivers out palms, there. Well, you can't have palms down when you're driving. But right. I, the, what gets me is when you come to an intersection and the, the other person has the right of way and doesn't know it. And doesn't it. know it. And, don't, yes. and then they'll just wave you. And, wow, you know, well, that's very, yes, you're very, being very kind to me. You don't know how to drive. But, <laughs> you know, again, that's when you remember just, okay, just nod. And just nod. And, and yeah. A little wave and thank right. thank them for being so polite, right. but not really. And that's another thing. It should be a requirement. Dare I say, maybe even a law. Actually, it shouldn't be. But whenever somebody lets you in, it should be a requirement. You have to give them the little acknowledgement wave. Yeah. I, think uh, it's so, oh, I think it's so I, rude. Yeah, I know what you mean. When people don't do that. Yeah, it, it, it's nice when they, they do. You know, you're being courteous. You're either letting them in, you know, maybe is there is a bottleneck or, you know, a right. lane closure or you just let somebody go first or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You let them out at a, of, a, of, a, of a, a tough spot. <laughs> at least have the courtesy to give them a little, hey, thanks a lot. People who don't do that annoy me to no end. I know. That's just rude. It's very hey, good. Is there a chair tall left over there? I'm <laughs> getting a little thirsty. Yeah, here we Yeah, we, this is what we've come to. 
Uh, you know, uh, we're like the two guys, the two <laughs> the two old Muppets on the Muppet Show, yeah, I know. who sit up in the balcony and just criticize everything. Yes. That's us. And I and you know what? I wear that badge proudly. Thank you very much. My friend Bill Feeney, Billy Feeney, and I used to do that when we were young. You know, let's just go somewhere and watch people, people and criticize watching. them. <laughs> okay, I could do that. <laughs> if you would like to criticize and sit in the balcony with us. Several ways to get in. You like a little segue right there? Several ways to get involved on the show. Uh, our Twitter page is at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my page is at uh, Rush Tony C. Again, that's the letter C, not the word. Uh, the Venerable Ones uh, Twitter page at Mike Burke MDT. Our Facebook page at WCMD Cumberland Radio. Rush line is open 301 759 2628. And our uh, podcast page on the free Podbean app or we upload every show every day, minus commercials, and go back and listen to whatever you missed. So if you missed the first hour, Mike and I talked a lot of baseball. Mm. And we talked about the NBA Finals, the Bucks winning a championship, first one in 50 years, mm-hmm. and talked about the poor hitting approach in baseball. A lot of stuff going on in the first mm. hour. So if you missed it, check it out on the free uh, Podbean app. Speaking of baseball, Mike, let's uh, kick off this hour. Okay. As we kick off every hour uh, with the Rock Around the Region. I want to rock right now. Some history last night, Mike. We talked about this in the first hour. Uh-huh. Uh, during the Orioles-Rays game in uh, Tampa. Oh, one. Mejia scoops ball into right center field. Cedric Mullins is charging, diving. He won't get to it. The ball ricochets off of the wall. Coming home to score is Bruhan. Meadows takes off as well. He'll turn around and wave around Brandon Lau. It's a bases clearing. Triple Francisco Mejia. The Rays have pushed themselves away again, 8-3 to three in the 8th. Francisco Mejia is only playing because Mike Zanino got hurt last night, and here he is with a career-high 5 RBI. Five of the seven runs that they've scored have been driven in by him. That's the way the broadcast sounded on YouTube, of all places. As Melanie Newman, Sarah Langs, Alana Rizzo, Heidi Watney, and Lauren Gardner made up the very first all-female broadcast crew in Major League history. Never happened before. I think we've become accustomed to you know having one. Uh, who's the lady who does like the Sunday Night Baseball? Uh, oh, she's terrible. Is it Mendoza? Jessica right? Mendoza, yes. but she didn't do it anymore. Oh, she doesn't. I didn't uh, but Alex Rodriguez is very every bit as bad as she is. <laughs> they certainly ruined that vehicle. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so what, did, what didn't you like about either one of them? Just... I just think they're terrible. It's terrible what they do. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, do you think that – now, obviously, it's a history-making thing with the all-female broadcast crew. Um, but do you think that's something that would be embraced by baseball fans? Because the majority of baseball fans are guys. Right. Do you think that's something that would become the norm or or not? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, it doesn't bother me, but it, right. it, uh, I, I doubt it will become the norm. Right, okay. But but you we're seeing it more and more in basketball and in football. Well, at least one member of the broadcast crew, not including the sideline reporters. Right. You know, in the booth. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because basketball seems to be always ahead of the times as far as all the sports. I think Doris Burke's one of the better now yeah, analysts I, out there right I now. I enjoy her. No uh, relation, by the way. No, yeah. uh, regrettably. <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah, basketball has just always been the most progressive of all the sports in, in how they approach it and, and the things they do and how they market their games. So, uh, you know, again, I just hope it gets to the point when it does happen, it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right, it just becomes it's become a standard. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as for the game itself last night, uh, Francisco Mejia homered and drove in five as Tampa Bay ruined the return of John Means with a 9-3 win. I guess Means could have ruined his own return, I guess. Uh, he's been on the shelf since June 5th with that shoulder strain. Not a good night for him. Uh, he allowed five runs on seven hits in five innings, only two strikeouts. Said he felt fine physically. Just, you know, had to knock the rust off, I guess. Yeah, I guess well, a good team. It was encouraging he, that he worked five. Right. I mean, now, I mean that, 78 that, pitches. That, that, that's the standard now, five or six innings, which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but that's beside the point. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, Anthony Santander had two hits and drove in a run for the O's, who had their three-game win streak uh, come to an end. Elsewhere, the Nationals' Josh Bell reached a milestone against the Marlins. Josh Bell to left field. Has he homered in back-to-back games? He sure has. From the right side yet again. Josh Bell goes yard, and it's a three-run Nationals lead here in the eighth. The call on the Mid-Atlantic Sports Net career home run number 100 for Mr. Josh Bell, a pinch hit homer in the eighth as the Nats beat Miami 6-3. Uh, Trey Turner had two hits <clears throat> and an RBI for Washington, excuse me, uh, which is one three straight. And Mike, you said that you think the Nationals are just kind of primed for yeah, I think to, just, to make a push. They're just sitting right there. They're just kind of hanging around, right? They're still, you know, fortunately the NL East is terrible. Not as good as right. I thought it was going to uh, be this the, year. The Mets could have just taken this and run, run away and right. did with it. And right. they have not. No, and they dropped two the or three to the Pirates. Only like six, five or six out. Five back. And you know what? Just since I've been back, I've noticed you have said Trey Turner's name quite a bit. Yes. And I yeah. think that he is just poised to, to be the next star Agreed. in that town along with Soto. Juan Soto, absolutely. I, I absolutely love. Washington right now, they're in fourth place in the East at 45 and 49, but they're only five games back. Because, like you said, the Mets had a chance to really run away, and they just they can't do it. Because uh-uh. the whole I'm, – I'm disappointed in the NL East this year. I thought it would be the toughest division I thought it would be too. in baseball, and it's just not for various reasons. But the Nationals win four or three in a row now, and again, they sit at five games out. Uh, before the game, uh, Nats general manager Mike Rizzo told a group of reporters he does not plan – to have a Starling Castro back this season. Uh, Castro was placed on administrative leave July 16th by Major League Baseball as the league investigates a domestic violence accusation. And out west in Arizona, the Pirates took a 5-3 lead into the bottom of the seventh Uh against the Diamondbacks, and they came out down by six. Swinging a fly ball out to center. Reynolds back toward that big wall. Still back, and he can't get it. It hits the base of the wall. That'll plate two more for Arizona. It's a two-run double for Van Meter. Three RBIs in the inning for him. It's 11-5 to five Diamondbacks. The call on the Pirates Radio Network. Eight runs in the seventh inning for Arizona. And, you know, that was almost like a Harry Doyle-like uh, call. Well, <laughs> back against the big wall. Going to clear the bases. Swinging a fly ball out to center. Reynolds back toward that big wall. Still back, and he can't get it. And he can't get it. hits the base of the wall. That'll (laughs) plate two more for Arizona. 
It's a two-run double for Van Meter. No one Three RBIs anyway. in the inning for him. It's 11-5 to five Diamondbacks. It's one of my favorite lines, by the way. This game brought to you by... Oh, I can't find it. The hell with it. It's one of the greatest, one of the greatest lines for that. That line is chock full. Or I, I'm sorry, that movie is chock full of a quotable, yeah. line, a quotable lines. It's, it's terrific. But you know what? When you're guys like Joe Block, because Joe Block hasn't been around the Pirates booth very long. He's pretty good. I like But him. he's good. Uh, Greg Brown's been there forever. When, when you've called so many. Oh, I know. I mean, that's got to beat you down after a while. I mean, how do you bring the energy to the each and every game? Oh, I know. Calling the t- terrible. T- it's one thing if you're John Sterling with the Yankees. <laughs> and another thing when you're Greg Brown with the Pirates. And just seeing losing after losing. I, I, you get it. You understand why they sometimes oh, yeah. they sound like, here we go again. <laughs> you know, here we go again. Uh, Josh Van Meter, by the way, a 182 hitter. Had a triple-double and drove in three runs in that seventh inning alone. Uh, Gregory Polanco hit a two-run homer. John Nagowski, the mm. big Nagowski, hit big his first Nagowski. his first major league homer for the Bucks, who have lost uh, three straight after winning three straight. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. We were talking last hour about this the sorry state of the O's and the Bucks, uh-huh. And... How we just don't know what the Pirates are doing, and neither do they, for that matter. I'm convinced. Yeah. And how every now and then they'll bring in a player, and you're like, like what? Why? Mm-hmm. Who? Like why? Nagowski's one of those players who I had never heard of, right? Until they got him from the Cardinals. Now, granted, he's been really good since the Pirates picked him up. I mean, really good. But there. It was, again, it was a move just to make – he was batting like 091 with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. A guy who spent time in the Pacific League mm-hmm. and the Independent League. And at the time, it was a move like, why are you even bringing this guy oh, – when? why bother when you can bring somebody out from the minors and see what they got? Why bring in a guy off the scrap heap? But point is, at least he at least it's paying off one time for the Pirates. Well, uh, that could be a case where uh... – a, maybe they saw something they liked, and they figure maybe just a change of scenery will be helpful. And so far, obviously, it has been. Uh, and another case, too, is they don't want to rush any of their players behind the, right. the, the big league system. Uh, I give you the Orioles, you know, when things started, you know, the Orioles started out okay. You know, they're around 500, and, you know, oh, they really play. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It'll come out in the wash. This isn't a sixty-game season this year. <laughs> but uh, well, why don't they bring up the guys from Double A? Well, you're not going to do that because it just goes against everything that they're planning. Right. And right. let's not forget, the minor leaguers did not play last year. Most of What's them. For, yeah. Good point. Most That's of right. them did not play. So there, there's no point. This this season in that regard is still kind of like uh, uh, connected to last year, right? Because you have a lot of guys who are getting really some, a lot of them are their first year in professional baseball, and so you know they're not. That's pro- maybe that's why they make a move that way. No, that, that makes that makes uh, total sense. It really does. Still a roster hole, right? Know. Right, and because I, I, you don't want to fast track somebody, right? And then have them flame out, and then yeah, particularly after last year. After you know? last year. But I think it's I think it's normal uh, for a fan base of a team like the Pirates or the Orioles to, to obviously get impatient because they want 
they want no, like results no, now. No question. Yeah, yeah, no question. And so like, you call these guys up and get them up here quick and get them major league experience and get them ready to go. And then when you're talking about small market teams like the Pirates, you're also talking about service time, service and, time. And, and and money. And money's always involved there too. They don't want to call them up too quick and give them too much experience, and they got to pay them a certain amount. So there's always that kind of stuff involved yeah. too. That, oh, that's that's true. As you say, follow the money. Always uh, follow the money. Orioles, by the way, as I look at the standings, which is probably the worst thing I can do right now. Uh, can you can you guess, Mike, how many games back they are? Unless you already I, saw. I have one. no idea. Twenty five and a half games out. Thirty one and sixty three are the Orioles. Uh-huh. Worst record in the American League. Uh, Pirates are uh, slightly better. Nineteen and a half games out. Of course, the Central is not as good as the uh, AL East. Uh, Thirty six and fifty nine. They have uh, still the second-worst record in the National League. And they've lost two straight to the worst team in the National League. So they got that going for them, which is nice. <laughs> uh, but like you said earlier, Mike, sometimes you got to accept it for what it is and just just try to enjoy the games. Yeah. Try to enjoy and savor the good times when they happen, and that's it. Because one day, I guarantee you, God willing, we're going to be stuck in the middle of February or at the end of January, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to like, I'd even love to watch a bad game right now. <laughs> well, so I'm trying to think here. January, that's the end of football season. Yeah. You know, so we'll be knee-deep in uh, the Steelers thinking up this year, well, which I fully expect them to do. Yeah, but that, that don't get you – that don't take you home on a Tuesday night. That's true. Well, last although year that's about the only <laughs> about damn night right. they don't play. <laughs> yeah, let's oversaturate this sucker. We saw a game every single night last. Of course, the pandemic had everything to do with that. Yeah, but uh, of course, it was the first time ever that there was a game, at least one game, on each night of the week uh, during the last season. Uh, hopefully, we'll have to see that again this year. Yeah, I hope not. I know a lot of people because uh, the Steelers play. Who they play on? A, it was a Wednesday. Uh huh. Was it the Ravens or is it the Titans? I can't remember what game. I think it was a Titans game. It's either a Tuesday or Wednesday. A lot of people liked that. A lot of people liked. It might have been the Ravens, too, because. It might have been, because they had a ton of games moved around. Uh-huh. But it was a 5 o'clock start. I remember it started at 5 o'clock, yeah. and people were loving it. They yeah, loved, it they pretty, loved getting it home from work. Pretty cool. I hated it. Yeah. Because this is it's unnatural. Hey, that's just it's how, unnatural. That's NFL just how game. you be. It's how I be. That's how I am. Just a natural. <laughs> well, hey, you and I both know that, and we, look, we've come a long way since then. Uh-oh. It was Sunday and Monday night. That uh-huh. was it. You Every game was played on Sunday, and then one Monday nighter, and that, that's all you got. Well, I mean, I can even remember when it was just Sunday. There was no Monday night. And the, and the Thanksgiving Day game. Well, yeah, yeah, deal, right, but, right. Uh, yeah, Monday night first game was, uh, I think, also I was in the sixth grade, maybe the fifth grade, but Browns-Jets. Nice recall. Yeah, Joe Namath and uh, Cleveland beat him. Nice recall. First Monday night football game. Keith Jackson did the play. Oh, I love Keith Jackson. With Howard Cosell. And- Youngsters these days do not know the joy of Keith Jackson. No. Calling, especially a college football game. Yeah, was, he, was he not he, the best? He, he, well, college, yeah, he was. And, uh uh, then of course, you know, he was there one year and then Frank Gifford took over and, uh, yeah, Monday night football's 
a great. I mean, man, you just you just look forward to it. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, well, yeah, Cosell, uh, Gifford, and then Don, Dandy Don was yep. also in, in the Don, booth as well. And then Alex Karras came in. He wasn't right. bad there for a while, and Dandy Don came back. Wasn't OJ on there for a while? Didn't they have OJ in the Monday Night Booth for he a, a, a scotch? May have been. You know that, that jerk. I mean, <laughs> he had it all, man. Yeah, he had a heck of a broadcasting career. Going. Yeah, he did. You know, and he, he was Nordberg and and uh, uh, Naked Gun, whatever uh, it was, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He, uh, and then he just he screwed. Yeah. Oh, well, we won't get into that. Uh, we right, won't, yeah, we that's won't get into that's yeah. Forget that. Um, but no, I like you look at a guy like Howard Cosell, who again, youngsters have no idea who that was. Uh, Howard Cosell is a guy who I don't think could be Howard Cosell today. Does that make sense? Well, again, I think uh, Stephen A. Smith is. It, I don't know if he tries to be, and when I had hope and promise for Stephen A's career, I, I mean, I really liked him in the beginning. Now it's just like, I just don't need to be yelled at today. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know. I get enough of that from too many people uh-huh. uh, in, in my close circle, let alone I, well, on I think, the radio. I think Howard Cassell could be, yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, everything now is, is just so people do things for shock value. Right, and right. it would probably be. Not it would not have the same effect gotcha. that it yeah. did, you know, in the '60s and the '70s, and and what he had with Muhammad Ali was just special, and uh, you know, it was a great time, and you know, but these are great times, so you appreciate each time for what they are. Whenever you get to be as old as uh, Mike and I, hmm. uh, you start to see whether it be locally, regionally, or nationally, you, you start to see the voices of our era kind of start to. Uh-huh. The fade away a bit. I remember guys like Dick Enberg. Oh, yeah. Uh, who I don't think he's doing. I don't even think he's alive anymore. I'm not no, quite I sure. think he died. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, remember the old Don Rowan Olson, yeah. Olson, Don Cricky. Yeah. Who would Never do games for NBC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just some of the old. And even like as, as a Pittsburgh guy, we had Myron Cope growing up. The old, you know, Steelers. Uh, one of the worst voices ever, but he was uh, an icon. Well, it, 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 he, he was what in jo- Pittsburgh. Johnny Most was in Boston. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. A horrible voice, you know. <laughs> something about people him. People love listening to right, him. Right, right. And then you had a guy like Keith Jackson who, I'm telling you, even if you YouTube it today, and just the way Jackson would open up a college football broadcast, just gave you goosebumps. He was the voice of college football. He, he did it the way, when he was calling a game live, his style and his voice and his tempo, it was like he was reading a script during a highlight film of the game that was live, you know that's just how wow, smooth. Good yeah, it's good way. Of, wow, it's, yeah, it's that, good way of putting it. Sure, that, that's that's how smooth yep. his delivery was, no matter what happened, and his his voice inflections really, you know, they only changed when it was important to right. change. Right, yeah. yeah, he was great. And of course, don't forget about the the dynamic duo of uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Summerall was about as dry as you could get. He, I don't think he ever changed. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was he was great. Yeah, he didn't change emotion or pitch at all. That was Madden's job, and yeah. it was they. You talk about a a, a a contrast in styles between the two, and it, it worked perfectly. Yeah, because Summerall would just call the play, and the Madden would just blow it up from there. Take it from there. Yeah. Well, and if you remember before that, Summerall's part of a very successful uh, duo with Tom Brookshire. Mm, that's right. That's and, right. And then they brought Madden in, and safe to say that worked out pretty. A well. little bit. A little bit. Yeah, Madden had a little. Uh, a video game after that. Yeah, of, he's done pretty well. That's kind of done well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, time to go into a break. 
Do yourself a favor. YouTube, Keith Jackson, College Football. Listen and enjoy. Uh, we got news and the weather coming up. Then Mike and I will be back to talk about next year's NBA odds for the title. And an Alabama quarterback, sophomore, could be at a million bucks already in endorsements, believe it or not. All right, stick around for all that and more. WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Uh, Tony C. with Mike B., the venerable one. Oh, yeah. Mikey B. Mikey B., rocking a short (laughs) shot. MC Mike B. in the house, in the place to be. Rush line is open, 301-759-2628. If you want to get involved, also hit us up on Twitter at WCMD uh, Morning Rush. Uh, Last hour, Mike, we talked about the Bucks. Uh, winning the uh, NBA championship yeah. uh, last night. I uh, beat the Suns in game six, 105 to 98. Uh, the Bucks' first title since 1971 when we were both wee lads. Uh-huh. Now that uh, this NBA season is over, uh, of course, Las Vegas immediately turns its attention to next season. Of course. Uh, before the confetti had even stopped falling last night. I don't know. Do they have confetti at the NBA? I, I don't know. know. I couldn't tell you. The Nets, New Jersey, or Brooklyn, I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> My bad. Old habits die hard. Watch it. I, I, I have a friend who's a Nets fan. What? Long time suffering or like two years ago? Uh, uh, probably. Probably two but years ago. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> the Nets have been installed as the favorites in uh, 2021-22. According to William Hill Sportsbook, the Nets are plus 225. Uh, odds on favorites to win the NBA title next year. The Lakers are plus 400 or uh, 4 to 1 odds, if you want to look at it that way. The Bucks are at plus 900 to defend their title next year. The Warriors are plus 1,000 or, again, uh, 10 to 1 odds. Suns and Jazz are both plus 1,500. The Wizards, they are plus 10,000 <laughs> to win the NBA title next year. And... If you love uh, playing the long shot, Mike. I don't know if you're a long shot kind of guy. I, I, I can be. The Rockets and the Thunder are the longest of long shots. They are both at plus 50,000. Wow. Uh, which is, what is that? Is that 500 to 1? I don't know. It is. I think it's 500, yeah. To win it all next year. So, And, of course, as with anything with sports betting, obviously it's gambling. So you take a, game, you take a risk whenever you place money on odds that early. Literally, literally the same night that the season ended, odds come out for next year. And that's even before the draft, before free agency. So probably not the smartest thing to do, put money down on those kind of odds. But, uh, again, what do you got to lose? You know, 500 to one shot, why not? Um, Speaking of money, speaking of millions and, and whatever, Mike, Bryce Young is a sophomore quarterback at Alabama. Nick Saban hasn't even named him the starting quarterback for this season. But Saban says that Young is already approaching $1 million in endorsement deals. Uh, Saban told the Texas High School Coaches Association's convention (laughs) that Young is due to make a quote-unquote ungodly numbers when it comes to endorsements. Now, he didn't go into specifics about these deals, but he said the total compensation is almost 
to this point, seven figures. This dude has made nearly a million bucks, and he hasn't even started a game yet because he was on the bench last year behind uh, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he's, look, he's a favorite to be the starter this year. Doesn't mean he will be, but he's a favorite. And Saban said, look, this is because of the brand. This is because of the Alabama brand more than anything else. This kid, and this, let's face it, he's a sophomore in college. He's still a you know, young man, kid. He's on track to make a million bucks as a sophomore simply because of the school he plays for. To me, that's a little bit insane. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had a chance to talk about this, the whole NIL thing, since you came back. So we'll talk about it now. Yeah. Good for the players, obviously. Mm-hmm. Good for this guy. Bryce Young to cash in on his name, image, likeness. But is this good for the? Is this good for the sport? Good for the game? Like, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine this doesn't go completely off the rails at some point with these 18, 19, 20 year old kids making all this money before they even start a football game. Mm-hmm. You talk about distractions in college. Well, yeah, that that would be. One that's for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with I'm with you. Good good for anybody. You know, I I have no idea. I, I I don't really know how it works. I don't know how it will work. I sense the same. I have the same sense that you do. That it just doesn't seem natural or right. Uh, but they should be paid for their likenesses and that, you know, someone that money is there for someone to make. Right. You know? And I remember when uh free agency came to major league baseball, <laughs> right. you know, this will ruin the game and uh, it'll go broke and, you know, it, it'll be just a horrible thing. And now there's uh, everybody has more money right. getting with the owners and the players get their cut and the game uh, in spite of its leadership, is a thriving business. And, uh, you know, you can only uh, wonder if this will follow in those fo- that footstep, that path, rather. And, uh, you know, it's it's crazy. It's just like nothing we'll, we've ever seen, and there's really no way to anticipate what we are going to see. So it might be a matter of just like free agency, it's just something we have to get used to. It's so new right now. Like it's yeah. nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah, we're gonna have to get used to it. Yeah, you because know, it's it, not going. They're away. not going to undo it. Yeah, it's not going away. But I, I just, it, I'm it, just saying. Look, I, I know how I was in college. If I'm a 19 year old kid, and someone hands me a million bucks, first of all, I'm not going to college anymore. You know how? Well, that's something to consider. Yeah, you know, how much is this going to affect? And I'm not speaking about this Bryce Young. It could be any player. I understand what you're saying. How much is, is it going to affect a player's work ethic if they've already made a million bucks before they even take a starting snap uh, in college? Well, you know, Are you going to be willing to push yourself as much as you normally would have? I mean, he's already, again, he's already banked almost a mil, according to Nick Saban, that is. Right, and uh, I, I find it funny that Nick Saban would be commenting on this, but that's neither here nor there. Right. He, he, you know, he certainly has established himself. There's right. No question about that. Uh, first of all, they're they're not just handing this money to a college kid. I mean, the, the, some some loser like me trolling the, the campus. You know, they are 
getting this money through somebody who has invested his life, his efforts, his time, his work ethic. He had he has to have a work ethic already to even be on well, the sure, Alabama sure, team. Right. So uh, that's one thing I certainly would consider. And and if if, if that is such, uh, he he also knows that there's more of that more of this where that came from. That's a good point. So, so work even harder now to work to, to even make harder more, to sure, get more sure. of it. So I mean, I, 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 I understand what your point. Your point is well taken as well, and it, it could go either way. And you know, we don't know, and it's going to be interesting to watch. And um, great, great for this young man. And uh, I'd certainly like to meet him and <laughs> <laughs> become acquaintances. And maybe, you know, get a little action on the Rockets yeah. for next year. <laughs> I I just hope it doesn't come back to, to backfire on some of these players. Um, because we, we see professional athletes who still can't handle millions oh, and millions of bucks. No question about you that. You know, and some of these kids, let's be real, some of these athletes in college, they, didn't come, they don't come from the best backgrounds. Uh, some of them don't come from a lot of money. And to have a whole lot of that money, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I we're in, I'm on radio. I know I don't. That's a guarantee. But uh, when all of a sudden you have a bunch of money at your disposal, you hope you make these kids can make the right decisions. Have people helping them make the right decisions with that money that doesn't come back to you know bite them in the butt. Well, I guess like you said, we'll have to wait and see. The 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 the, the thing that makes me chuckle is people say this will ruin. The- the sports and the athletics and the integrity. Oh, for God's sake. That's there, been there, ruined for years there already. There is no more corrupt <laughs> and hypocritical entity Call or hold than, on. than college sports. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it, it, if this blows up in anybody's face, there are no more uh, worthy people to have it blow up in their faces. Well said. Let's go to the rush line, 301-759-2628. You're up. Who's this? Dwayne, how you doing? Dwayne, what's going on, man? Oh, um, well, I want to comment on this, uh, the whole name, image, and likeness thing and the, yeah. the money that these kids are going to be get getting. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't see not doing it just because you think a few of them would not be able to handle the money. Because the thing is, there's a lot of people that get a lot of money that they really don't deserve. Right. And they blow it on stupid stuff. Right. So if these kids are out there and, you know, these NCAA, the, the uh, college, the, the uh, EA sports for the videos, uh, jersey sales, all of this stuff, people are making money off the backs of these kids. They should be able to get a cut, especially if they're using uh, other people's image oh, sure. or their, their image. And if they do blow it, then that's on them. Right. But at least, you know, give them that. They have the chance you to know. blow it. Uh, they, they've <laughs> proven, you know, that they can, they, they have some type of work ethic in order to be that good unless they're just so incredibly God-givenly talented. Right. You know, and that it, it's nauseous. Right. Most of them have a work ethic. Most of them, you know, and, and I don't care if they came from a poor background. Because the thing is, there's a lot of people that came from a rich background that blow their money. Oh, sure, sure. So, so that has no point whatsoever. 
give them the money. No, that, that, name, that, no, no but that, that does have a point, though. Hold on, Dwayne. That does have a point because, look, I didn't come from the greatest background in the world. And um, and if, if someone hands me a million bucks, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden going to have 200 new friends I didn't have yesterday. But they, they didn't give you the million bucks because your name is, is Tony. They gave you the, that money because they're using your name, and image, and likeness. Right. And they're wanting to promote some type of whatever, whether it's a car dealership or a clothing line or a video game or whatever. So they're actually signing you into a contract because they know they can make money off of your back. You know, Shlomo walking down the street isn't going to be like, you know, somebody's not going to come up and say, hey, uh, there's a homeless bum. Let's give him a million bucks, (laughs) you know, because we're going to be able to sell our T-shirts. No, there's a a wide receiver at Alabama or there's a safety at Notre Dame or something like that that – Everybody sees he's a star of this team, and they already use his name, image, and like. Right. So just to, to wipe it clean and not give him anything for possibly something going bad by, like, one or two or three people, I, I don't see the point in that. Give right. them the money. If they can earn it, you know, this is America. If you can go out and earn it, lemonade stand, you know, hot dog vendor, whatever. If you're on your grind and everything like that, and, and you are basically the product that's being sold, and people are, are willing to pay money for it, then I say have at it. Yeah, so do I. I think we're hey, on this, we're on the same page here. Great point. You know, uh, by the way, thanks for the call, Dwayne. We'll talk to you later. Hey. We're on the same page. I never said they shouldn't make it. No, you didn't. That never came out of my mouth. I never said they shouldn't make it because they might blow it. I said I'm worried that they might blow it or make bad decisions. Because my, my whole point was, you know, you hand me a million bucks when I'm 19, all of a sudden I'm going to have <laughs> Uncle Tom and, Aunt, you know, Harriet coming out of the woodwork mm-hmm. trying to get a piece of me, sure. and that's hard for a young kid to handle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed that call. Dwayne, that was a great call. Yeah, thanks, and, Dwayne. And uh, this is where we are now, and I'm with Dwayne 100%, you know, and you know they're making money off of this guy, so he needs to have some of it because someone's going to make that money. That same money somebody sure. is going to make. So yeah. I, I want. I'm not arguing that at all. I, I, think, I know yeah. that, but it's it, here we are. This is the way it's going to be, and you know what it is. It is now today's modern day uh, lesson in college. This right. is, this is part of college. I mean, this is the life lesson that you learn in college. What do you do with it? How how do you handle it, and how do you handle your new friends? So, you know, t- times they are changing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Obviously, times are changing for the better, at least for one young man in Alabama. Sure, man, that's true. <laughs> More power to him. I just hope he can handle that power. That's all I'm saying. All right, uh, one quick break, and we're back to wrap things up. Stick around. One hundred two point one FM, AM twelve thirty, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Uh, Get ready to get out of here. Amanda's coming up next. Tri-State today. Stick around for that. Uh, Before we roll, as Mike uh, gets his bag ready, your traveling bag. Talk about her that way. (laughs) 
Let's check on the player who delivered. Uh, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. Who else but the Greek Freak? 92-88. Suns back within four. 6.24 to go. Here's Holiday. Jump pass left corner. Connaughton. He'll work it up top to Middleton. Pass inside. Giannis turns and flushes. 45 for the Greek Freak. Giannis goes hard. Lays it up and in over eight and 47 for Giannis. And the lead grows to eight with three and a half minutes to go in game six. Middleton up high against Booker. He'll send it left side Holiday as the shot clock dips under 10. Bridges guarding. Holiday going to his left. Out to the wing with five. Crowder's got him. Inside to Giannis. Turns 10-footer. Goes down. 49 for Giannis. The calls on ESPN Radio. Giannis a monster game last night. 50 points, 14 rebounds, five block shots. Bucks beat the Suns 105-98 to win their first NBA title in 50 years. It was his third game this series with at least 40 points and 10 rebounds. He was named the Finals MVP. The Greek freak Giannis, the player who delivered last night in a big way. Oh boy! Uh, brought to you by All Seasons Landscaping and Supply Yard. File 13. There we go. Uh, player who delivered last year, Mike, was Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. He did. Delivered a uh, Super Bowl championship like Tampa hasn't had enough titles in the last year and a half. Yeah, there's something ridiculous. Uh, the Bucks uh, visited the White House uh, yesterday. I see. Uh, is there anything more pointless uh, than teams visiting the White House that we should even care about? Uh, like, I don't care if they do or not. It's probably great for them. But why do we even bother covering? Uh, I don't get it. I, I just, To me, I hate it. I, I don't know. Why is it a big deal? Uh, yeah, I, I think basically... <laughs> I, I I could be wrong about this, but you know Reagan used to make a big deal out of calling the clubhouse after a championship, right? All right? right. And I think somehow this has just evolved into uh, teams visiting the White House. I mean, I so I, it replaced I, the phone call it, with who I don't know. Uh, yeah, the networks told him uh, right. Know, yeah. And again, it's probably cool for the players. Well, well I'm sure it know, is, and the coaches to go to the White House and. <laughs> Visit the president, and Brady actually had a couple good one-liners. Uh, oh yeah, he's a pistol. You know, now that he's becoming this, yeah, I don't he, know. yeah, I see he stand-up he, he, he comedian. Took the opportunity to troll his friend Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. But I, you know, every year it happens. But then we got into the situation where guys stopped going because of who was in the White House, oh, and yeah. it just became this whole thing. And I, I just think it, it's overblown. And uh, I don't know. To me, it's completely. For my, for my, where I'm sitting in the big chair, it's mm, yes. it's pointless. You are in the big, and chair. I wish people would just stop stop covering it already because I don't I don't care. <laughs> well, you're, don't care. there's going to be coverage of anything that's at the White House. True, so. true, true. Especially when you combine sports and politics, which we've done a lot yeah. over the last uh, year and a half or so. Well, it's from the beginning of the first Olympic Games. Sports and politics have been linked, intertwined, yep. if you will. Uh, what are your plans tonight? Anything as we get out of here? Any? Uh... Uh, I have no special plans. I will just experience life. Experience. Question is here: Will you be someone? Well, I, I because... guess I will. <laughs> I will experience and celebrate National Be Someone Day. Today is National Be Someone Day. I will so be someone. You get out there and you be someone. Thank you, Coach. Tony and tomorrow Sam. we'll talk about it. Who you became. <laughs> Well, hopefully Amanda won't be reading it over the air. (laughs) Speaking of which, Amanda's up next with uh, Tri-State today, then Hoppy's after that, then the Dan Bongino Show after that. Uh, We're done. 
Mike, thank you as always. Thank Good you, to- Tony. And we'll see you back here uh, tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See you guys here tomorrow, 6 a.m. sharp. Be someone. Be someone. Get out there and be someone today. <laughs> see you back tomorrow at the Morning Rush. I am Tony C., and we're done. Bye.